Acts chapter 1, verses uh, 4 through 11. In Ephesians chapter 1, I need to, tr- I need to change over microphones so y'all know, I'm, y'all know that I've got to be hands-free. Testing. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. Man. Woo. <laughs> wow. God is so good. So good. Thank you again, worship team. Thank you, video team, sound team, audio team, media team, A team, B team, C team, all the teams. Thank you, guys. Wow. Woo. I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm in a... Uh, just a, a wonderful just presence right here, right now. You know, what I looked at, and I'm, I'm going to start with this verse and kind of build towards that. But what I looked at this week as I was studying, man, I, I just praying, God, direct our path. God, give us wisdom. God, help me to see what is in store for your people and I was directed toward the ascension. And I'm thinking, wow, that, that fits. Thank you, Lord. And looking at Luke chapter 24, verse 15, it says, And he said, I'm sorry, And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. Wow. And it goes on, it says, While he was blessing them, he parted from them, and was carried up into heaven. And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. You know, to, to think that the last moments of Jesus on this earth, as you heard me say a while ago, as he was going up into the air, he was blessing his people. That's powerful to me, to think that Jesus' desire for us is to walk in the blessings of him, the blessings of his favor. And, and, and I can't imagine, you know, I don't know, um, the word of God tells us in John, it says, why stand ye here gazing? And, and, and that word gazing literally means uh, a, a long stare. It wasn't, it wasn't just a quick, you know, twinkling of the eye moment where Jesus was, boom, he was gone But as he was going up, as his hands were raised, as he was going up into the clouds, he was blessing them. And I just have to wonder, did did those blessings continue as he kept on speaking all the way till he was out of the presence, all the way till he was not seen anymore, he was speaking blessings over them. I don't know about you, but that just sounds exciting to me that Jesus, the Son of the living God, as he was leaving this earth, he was blessing you and me. Come on. I mean, you got to realize that According to John, these, Jesus, after the resurrection, he spent 40 days on the earth. He manifested himself for 40 days in different ways, many miracles taking place, many signs and wonders. And, and so 
This moment, they had been with him for 40 days. They've been experiencing this after-resurrection Jesus and and seeing the, the glory that God had bestowed on him and seeing the miraculous things take place. And then he says, bless you. Man, I love the fact when we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, it says, And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on. Come on. And a cloud received him out of their sight. In other words, he was still talking as he was being raised up. And and as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was uh, going, behold, two men in white clothes standing beside him. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky or gazing into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken up from you into the heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him uh, go into the heaven you got to know that Jesus, the same Jesus that was raised up, is coming back. Come on. If that doesn't just wet your whistle, I don't know what does. If that doesn't make your wet wood fiery and bright and shining and on fire, I don't know what will. But Jesus is coming back. Woo. And it says that, and after he had said these things, and and, and I started thinking through these various uh, gospels of of how Jesus spoke with them and talked with them and encouraged them. And, and in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, we see Jesus giving them an explanation. He says, now, now he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which were written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and, and all the Psalms must be fulfilled. You know, Jesus... you. Look, we, we walk around and we got our, you know, our Bible with us and we, 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 we walk around and we got all of it together, you know. We have all his words that, that, that we need. But you got to realize these guys, they didn't have a New Testament. They were the New Testament. They didn't have uh, these words written down in red to know that what Jesus spoke and what somebody else. No, they didn't have that. They were living that. And, and, and so, you know, Jesus had to look at them and say, look, you've got... They didn't even have an Old Testament back then as far as they didn't have it walk everybody having one in their little uh, on their shelf at home. I mean, if they wanted to read the Old Testament, they had to go to the synagogue and so or the temple. And, and here, you know, Jesus is saying, look, I need to give you a reference point. I need to give you a, a mandate. I need you to understand how you're going to explain what has just happened. How you're going to explain what's been going on the last three, three or four years. You've got to see this. And so he begins to open their eyes and begins to declare the things of, out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets and out of the Psalms. He said, these songs you sing, they're about me. He said, when people ask you about this stuff, when people come to you and say, well, what, is, what does Jesus mean? What is the Messiah? You know, how, we, how do we know? How can we believe? And he said, this is how you're going to be able to explain this. You're going to go back and you're going to take them to the familiar things which they've been taught, which they've understood, which has been engraved in many of them. It's that thing you're going to teach them, the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, the things they sing. Out of those things, you're going to be able to share. But I'll tell you what, what's amazing to me is, is the very next verse in Luke chapter 24, verse 45. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Oh God. God, open our eyes. Open our minds to understand your word. How many times have you heard somebody say, I read it, but I just don't understand it? How many times have you yourself said, I read it, but I don't understand it? 
And, and, and you're needing that moment where God just, bam, illuminates your eyes. He, he, he begins to enlighten your mind with the truth of his words. I was talking with Billy and Paige the other night. And we were uh, discussing a scripture out of John chapter 13, uh, verse 7. It says, and Jesus answered and said unto him, he says, What I do you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. And, 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 and after talking to them about that, the very next day, a friend of mine posted that very scripture on, on uh, Facebook. And I'm like, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you trying to speak? And, and I believe that this was that moment where the Lord's saying, I want to bring revelation to you. I want to open your mind to the scriptures. I want you to understand spiritual things. I want you to grasp the hold, not just of the elementary things that, that, that you've been told, not just the ABCs. I want you to grasp the depths of who I am. I want you to grasp the depths of my word that has been spoken for you, that's been lived out for you, that's been sacrificed for you, that has been raised for you, that is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. I want you to grasp a hold of the depths and heights of my love for you you need to know me and I believe that's what the Lord is saying and, 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 and then I realized that the Apostle Paul who had experienced this enlightened moment who had experienced this moment where God just absolutely opened his eyes and his understanding to, to see this word and, and he began to pray this prayer over the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18 he said I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of, of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. Wow. God, if we could only grasp that prayer. And make that a part of our being. As, you, as I told you all ago and, and, and about the Elisha and the Syrians. And their eyes were open to see. And, and the servant saw that the hillsides were filled with, they were filled with horses and chariots. And, and Elisha just said, hey, there's more with us than there are of them. We need to understand that there's more of us than there are of them. We might, it might seem the opposite. But if you're only looking with physical eyes, you can only see physical things. If you're only trusting in your physical being and, and what you're only physical mentality can handle, then you've missed the point already. Because God was wanting us to understand. I mean, here he just prayed God that God would uh, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It is the spirit of the Lord that gives us this ability to see spiritual things. Come on. And we need to recognize that, that though we see and understand in part God wants us to see him face to face. He wants us to see and experience the fullness of his plan for us. And he wants us to grasp a hold of him. Too many times we're walking not by faith, we're walking by sight. Oh me, ouch, pastor, wait a minute. And the Bible tells us walk by faith and not by sight. Too many times we're, wanting, we're just wanting to grab a hold of it. Lord, just let me touch it. God, just lay it out there. Put it in a map and, and draw the, the points and show me the direction. And God's saying, will you just trust me? You're not, you're not always going to touch him. You're not always going to be able to experience the, this, this right here, right in front of you. But when, the, when we're walking in the Spirit, God begins to reveal things to us. 
How many have ever just felt the presence so strong that it was undeniable? I, I, I literally remember as a teenager worshiping God and, and, and the service was so heavy that I fell to my knees and the weight of the presence of the Lord was so heavy I, I couldn't even get up. And I remember just that deep worship. It wasn't, it wasn't even words that could be expressed. It was a groaning. It was a travailing of the Spirit. And, and I believe God is wanting us to get back into a place where we're not just, just celebrating the, the fluff, but that we're truly travailing in the Spirit for the things of God because there's a warfare that we're facing, and it will not be fought with flesh and blood. It will be fought by the Spirit of the Lord, and those who are walking in the Spirit will, will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. It won't just be flesh. It will be, it will be the Spirit of God rising up in us, and we will become the spiritual vessels, spiritual warriors that God's called us to be, and we will fight the good fight of faith. God's calling us to that. I mean, look, flesh reveals itself to flesh, but Spirit reveals itself to Spirit. If you want to know the things of God, then you've got to walk in the Spirit. You've got to be willing to spend some time in God to crucify the flesh and consider this old man dead and say, God, everything I am, I want to give to you. I want to honor you. I want to follow you. God, lead me by your spirit. When we do realize, I mean, look, there were people, according to Matthew chapter 13 and 15, that there were people who were blind, spiritually blind to the things Jesus was telling parables, and they didn't get it. They didn't understand but the Lord wants to open our eyes just as he did right here in Luke chapter 24 where he opened their eyes to the scripture. He did that on the Emmaus wall. He was walking with two disciples and he was sharing with them all of these things out of the, the prophets, out of the book of the law, out of, of uh, uh, the Psalms. And, 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 and they, didn't, they didn't grasp it and, until they sat down and he broke bread and their eyes were open. Somebody needs to know that God wants to open your eyes to the spiritual things because you've been walking too much in the flesh. You've been carrying so much of the burden of the world. And the Lord's saying, let me give you my rest. Let me speak a blessing over you. Let me give you the strength and courage and boldness to rise up because we walk not after the flesh. We walk not after sight, but we walk by faith. Woo, come on. And I think that when we grasp a hold that there's a, there's a spiritual realm, it's how many times do we often forget that, the, that there is a spiritual realm that God wants us to tap into? But we have to be willing to spend the time to tap into his presence. I love the fact that this week uh, we have a sign-up sheet that we've put out, and I hope that you will sign up. There's 15-minute increments so that we can cover our days in prayer. And we, want, we would love to fill every day full of people just praying and seeking the face of God. And don't feel limited. If you want to pray for more than 15 minutes, then put down how much time that you want, uh, time you would like to take on that graph. And if you uh, don't understand the graph or having troubles connecting with it, then you can call Kathy or Stephanie and they will plug your name in. But we want to know that our church is a church of prayer, that we're a house of prayer. It may not be a building like this, but your house can be a house of prayer for you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that, that the Spirit of the Lord will rise up in you in your prayer times and there'll be revelation given to you that will quake your, that will quake your temple and that will transform your life. 
And I think, you know, what is it that, that Paul was saying, God, open our eyes to see. What is it that the, the blessing that you want us to receive? And, and Paul said, hey, that you may know the hope of your calling. First of all, to know the hope of his calling. His calling was to bring salvation to each one of us. To bring hope to us. To bring transformation to us. But then I believe we need to grasp a hold of, of the fact that there's a calling that we have. I mean, Romans chapter 8 and 30 tells us that those he predestined, he called. And who he called, he justified. Who he justified, he glorified. 1 Peter chapter 2 and 9 tells us that we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are those people. It's not somebody else. It's not the church down the road. It's not the church across town. It's not the church on the other side of the country. We are those people. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, everyone who claims and walks in the Spirit of the Lord, we are the people who are a chosen generation. You are chosen by God to fulfill a purpose, and it is a hope for this world to see the love of God shining through you. Paul tells us that there's the hope of the gospel. We see that in Colossians chapter 1 and 23. Paul speaks of the hope that is laid up in heaven for us in Colossians chapter 1 and 5. But when we talk about the hope of our calling, what is that hope? The hope is this, that we are made righteous by God. And the hope that we're standing in right relationship with God. This morning, God's calling you to a right relationship. He's calling you into righteousness and holiness. Galatians chapter 5 and 5 says, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Titus chapter 2 and 13, looking for that blessed hope that the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Titus chapter 3 and 7, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. But that hope also speaks of the fact that, that we will be like Him. John tells us this. He says, and everyone who has this hope, the hope of being like God, like Christ, fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. If we know that we have this hope, we will do everything we can to walk in that hope, to walk in that righteousness, to walk in the, the holiness of God. But I want you to grasp a hold of this. You're not, you're not a second-class citizen. You're not an outcast. You're not a throwaway. It doesn't matter what the devil's told you and how many mistakes you've made, how, how many times you have fallen, how many times you have given up in your, on yourself. You're chosen by God. You were created by Him. You, before you were twinkling your mother's eye, God knew you. And I think that we, we have to grasp that, that we are a treasure of God. If you go on and, and we talk about this, uh, the first of all, knowing the, your inheritance was his first desire, but the second desire is that, that you might know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That you might know how much you are a treasure of God. I mean, if you go through the parables, you will see, hey look, in one parable, a man walked through a field, saw a treasure, and he went and sold everything he had because he wanted to, that treasure. Think about this, a man saw a pearl of great price, and he went and sold all he had, and about, those, were, those were parables talking about you. And to think that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's you. You're a treasure. So when the Lord Jesus is speaking blessings over 
his disciples, as he, is, as he is going up in the air, these are the things that he wants us to recognize. You are a treasure of God. You are the hope of glory. You are the hope to this world because they can see in you the love of Jesus. They can see in you the determination of what it means to walk in the Spirit of the Lord. Wow. But not only do we see these treasures that we are, but then the Lord gave them a message. If you go back to Luke chapter 24, the Lord gave them a message. And he says, uh, verse 46, and he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead, of, from de- from the dead on the third day. And that repentance for, for, for forgiveness or repentance and forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You know, I hear people say, you know, I don't know what to say to people. I don't know what, I don't know how to, to lead somebody to the Lord. I don't know how to share. Look, Jesus said, look, this is it in a nutshell. You don't have to be a theologian to understand this. You don't have to go and study, uh, you don't have to have a PhD to grasp a hold of this word. Listen to this. This is the message that you proclaim. And, and, and they're going to see in you, I mean, look, you got to realize, you know, uh, How do we know Jesus is real? How do we know this really happened? Because 40 years of disciples walking on the earth after Jesus had risen from the dead, after he had ascended, 40 years, these guys suffered. These guys were beaten. These guys, some of them were crucified. Some of them, you know, uh, had been burned with hot oil. They had been... been, persecuted and yet they never changed their mind they never changed their story they never changed their word because Jesus was real and he's just as real today as he was then and I'm not changing my mind and I pray that you'll not change your mind and so he gave them a message and then he says in verse 48 he says you are witnesses of these things somebody needs to understand that you're a witness for God you're one to the, the word literally means martyr, the word witness. And what it's literally meaning is that you will carry this message until the day you die. That this will not be a momentary, uh, youthful moment where you see something and it's cool and it's the trend and it's the, it's the moment thing. But no, this will be a, a message and you will be a messenger all the way to the end of your life that you carry this to the very last breath that Jesus is alive and Jesus is well and Jesus is my Savior and He's my King. He's the Messiah and that is the truth and I know it because He changed my life. And we carry that message. But I, I'm, look, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that Jesus told them in John chapter 14, he said, I, I must go that the comforter may come. And, I, I, and I, I think we need to recognize that there's, a, there's a, a, something that's there that we don't have to feel like we're alone, that we don't have to feel like we do this in ourselves. Once again, he opened their eyes to the scripture. He opened their understanding that, that the spirit of the Lord is coming. And we see that in, in, in Acts chapter 1, 4, and 5. He says, gather them together. And he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. Come on, somebody. There's a promise for you. He says, which he said, you heard of, uh, of, you heard 
of from me. Verse 5 of, of Acts chapter 1 says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I mean, this is, this is exactly what he was telling them in, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. He says, And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed or endued with power from on high. Let, let me tell you something. The Lord has not left you powerless. The Lord has not left you comfortless. He's not left you as an orphan, but he has empowered you with an authority from on high that you can conquer, that you can overcome. He says, not only will you conquer, but you'll be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You are more than overcomers. You are ones who can walk in the dynamic, uh, dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. But if we're not willing to walk in the Spirit, we will not experience the dynamite power of God. I mean, do we still believe the word of God? Do we still believe, Mark chapter 16, that they'll take up deadly things and it will not harm them? They'll drink stuff and it won't harm them? Do we still believe in the laying on of hands and they will be made whole? Do we still believe in God who is able? If he's able then, he's able now. And we have to keep on believing. He's still empowering us. I don't know about you, but it excites me to to just read Acts chapter 1 and 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That word power is dunamis. It is like the word dynamite. And you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. Even, even the Apostle Paul alluded to this in Ephesians chapter 1 and 19. When he says, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ Jesus. To think that we live out. I love the fact that Acts doesn't have an ending because we are still the works of God being lived out today. And how are we walking in this in this favor of God? How are we walking in this blessings that the Lord bestowed? Because once he told them to go and tarry in Jerusalem, go and wait in Jerusalem, go wait in the city. And, and you got to realize that, you know, some people say, well, they waited 50 days. No, no, no. Jesus was with them for 40 days. Jesus walked among them for 40 days after the resurrection. So for 10 days, they went in and prayed and fasted and sought the Lord. In an upper room experience. And I believe that that is what Jesus was praying over them. In verse 50 of Luke chapter 24. And I'm closing. If, if Dre, if you want to come and play me some winding down music. In verse 50 of Luke chapter 24 he says. And he, and he, let, and he led them out, out as far as Bethany. You know right there I need you to grasp a hold of this. And he led them out as far as Bethany. The word Bethany means the house of God. And I think so many times we get caught up just in the house of God. We, 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 get, we get into this mode that this is the only place God can move. We get in the mindset that this is, oh, oh I, got you, I just got to get in the house of God. Look, look, believe me, the word is true when it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together in, in, in Hebrews chapter 10. There is a definite necessity for the body of Christ to come together. I, there's no doubt. It is a place where we fellowship. It's a place where we, 
draw strength from one another. It's a place where we find wholeness and healing and instruction. But what I want you to understand is that Jesus led them as far as Bethany. It's Bethany where he blessed them. But you've got to realize that Jesus never anticipated you to stay in Bethany. That your ministry that comes with the empowerment and the endowment and clothing of his presence and power and anointing was never meant to stay in a four-wall religious counter moment. But God has anointed you. He has called you by name. He has has made you the temple of His Holy Spirit. And He has sent His Spirit to empower you to reach a generation. Look, you're a peculiar people. Somebody said, yeah, you're really peculiar. That's all right. Somebody, one person said, you're so so heavenly minded, you know, earthly good. Look, I'm going to tell you something. I would rather be so heavenly minded that I'm no quote unquote earthly good than to be so earthly good that I'm not that, or earthly minded that I'm not heavenly good because there's a people who's looking for something real there's a generation right now the Z generation that's looking for something real they're I mean, look I, I'm not I, I'm not against light shows I'm not against Uh, turning it down. I'm not against setting an atmosphere of worship where where people are not focused on each other, but they're focused on the true reason why they're there to worship God. I'm not against that. But I want us to realize that when people see a true move of God, it it won't matter if there's lights or no lights. It won't matter if there's color lights or white lights. It don't matter if it's in the dark or in the... What matters is, is that the presence of God shows up and it transforms people that when they walk out, they don't, they're no longer the same. They're, they're renewed and endued with power of God. That's what I'm looking for. And when that happens, it won't keep anybody away. They'll come in flocking to the presence of God because something's happening in the midst. And I believe that that same anointing and that same power can be manifest right in your room. Right now. I believe that same presence can permeate your life. And if you're having to go into your workplace, that that glory of God will follow you in that place. And that the people will see that there's a peace on you. There's a, there's, a, there's a sense of completeness in you. And there's an anointing on you that you carry. It's not pride. It's not arrogance. But it's a confidence in the Lord. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, don't lose the confidence. It says hold fast to your confidence because it has great reward. Hold fast to the confidence that you are in Christ Jesus. That you're a child of the King. And that you're under the shelter of the Almighty. And that is the blessings that Jesus prayed over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray blessings over every home that's watching right now. I pray that the manifest glory of God will rise up right in those homes. That young people, that children, that adults, that senior adults will be transformed by the power of God. Those who have gotten a little uh, outside of your glory will God be drawn back into your presence. And they will sense the glory of God. And just as you spoke 
to the disciples as you manifest yourself to them that you will speak once again peace peace completeness flow into those homes completeness flow in those homes Lord I pray that we grasp a hold of the full meaning of blessing because when we talk about blessing Lord that word blessing literally means to consecrate for a purpose and Lord I pray that as you were blessing those disciples in your ascension Lord, that they recognize that you are consecrating them for a purpose. You had spoken your word. You had given them a commission. You had given them a message that they would share, that they would live out. But more than anything, God, you are consecrating them for the purpose. And you are preparing them for an outpouring. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that there will be an expectation. That there will be a hunger that stirs up within us. That cannot be quenched by the waters of this world. And Lord, that out of our innermost being shall flow a river. That it will be the spirit of the living God stirring us and empowering us. God, I pray for favor over homes right now. I pray that they will experience the favor of God. As your anointing flows down right now into their home. Lord, that the glory of the Lord will be manifest. And Lord, I pray that they'll not fear to give a shout unto God right now. That they'll not be afraid to, to speak forth the name of God. I don't care who's listening. I don't care who's watching. Right now, God, I pray that those who say, I want to walk in the presence of God. I want to walk consecrated for the glory of God. I want to walk as the vessel of God. I want to receive the blessings of Jesus over my home. I pray right now that they'll verbalize that prayer. That they'll open their hearts and their eyes right now and verbalize that to you, God. Lord, make us a vessel for you. Lord, make us. Lord, walk in the favor. Lord, let your glory be revealed in the homes right now, Jesus. Lord, let salvation rise up. Let transformation take place. Let those who hunger and thirst be filled right now, Jesus. May your favor be upon us to a thousand generations, to our children, to their children, to their children and their children's children. God, let it be flowing through us, God. Let your face shine upon us. Let your glory be manifest in us and through us. God, go before us, go behind us, be beside us, be within us, surround us, Jesus, surround us, Jesus, surround us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, I, I just pray it. I know it's weird to have an altar call via live stream, but... This morning, if you say, Pastor, I need to trust the Lord. If you say, Pastor, I've been walking in the flesh. I'm not saying you're walking in, a, in sin, you know, flagrant sin. I'm just saying that you have not been walking by faith, but you've been walking by sight. If you say, Pastor, I've been walking that way. But today, 
I want to walk by the Spirit of the Lord. I want the blessings of the Lord to flow over me so that I can be a blessing to those who God puts in my path. If that's you this morning, would you confess that right now? Would you surrender that to Him? Say, Lord, this is who I am. This is what I've been doing. This is, this is the awareness that I really have grasped a hold of this morning. I have not been walking by faith. But today, God, I confess that. I repent of the walking in the flesh. And today I turn my eyes to Jesus. Today I surrender to you. Today I choose from this day forward to walk in the Spirit of the Lord. And may you empower me by your Spirit. May you give me the courage by your Spirit to walk that out. That be your prayer this morning. Father, those who have who've raised their hand right where they are, maybe they're kneeling down right before their couch or their kitchen table or wherever right now, God, I pray, Lord, that you would honor that prayer. God, you said that you would not turn away a humble and contrite heart. And Lord, I pray that you will lay your hand on them right now, Lord. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that they'll sense the presence of God laying your hand on them right now, Father. Lord, I pray that you'll speak into their spirit right now. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. Know that I am the Lord, your God. And my favor is on you. In Christ Jesus. Amen. I pray this morning that you have been able to experience the presence of the Lord right where you are. Know that as a church, we love you. We we miss being together. It's coming. We're, we are doing our best to follow the, the mandates that's been given to us by our government. Let me say this. You know, I don't believe the government is against the church. The government is, is making this mandate for all organizations. They're doing what is best in their mind for all of society and so as one who prays for our leadership according to God's word and recognizing them as the ordained authority of God over our society I want to do our best to walk in favor not only with God but in the favor of our government and our community if it was me in my flesh I'd tell you next Sunday let's just come let's all get together but one is, is one the body of Christ doesn't need that scrutiny we don't need an uprising and, and negative connotations being shared but with that said I want you to know that you can be the church wherever you are there's people who need prayer there's people in your workplaces that need to see the love of Jesus in you they need to see the light of God through you. So we will definitely continue to the 30th of April, and we'll follow the mandates that's given thereafter. From my understanding, we're one of the, the 10 states that 
that have the least amount of infection in our state. So we're one of the first 10 states that will be opening up. Um, and there's a phase process. If you, you probably know this more than I. I really haven't even read the news. This is somebody telling me this process. My wife and I trust her. <laughs> and so, you know, the first phase process is groups of 10 or less. The second phase, I think it's groups of 50. And the third phase is a complete opening. I don't know the time frames of that, what that's going to look like. But I want you to know that whatever has laid out before us, we're going to do our best to coordinate uh, strategically to get us together as fast as we can uh, whether it be small groups to start with a little bit bigger groups the next time and then full opening I don't know what that looks like but pray for me pray for our leaders as we maneuver through this journey uh, and know that our faith is not waning. I'm, I'm honestly I feel like I'm more excited I feel like I'm experiencing God more at this moment than I have in a long time. And I pray that you have also experienced that. And I pray that you will just let that hunger stir in you. Find, uh, 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 find your first love. Get into His Word and let Him truly minister to you this time. It will be transformative. And it will prepare us for a greater revival once we come back together. Love you guys. Thank you for uh, joining this morning. Uh, we'll be continuing to put together our Bible studies. We'll be continuing to put together um, you know, different man, uh, manners of getting together through live stream. But let God touch you. Let us reach out to you and be connected in whatever way we can. If you need something, please let us know. We love you. God bless. Amen.